Hello, I'm Ron. And I'm Liz. And welcome to I Forgot to Tell You Something, the podcast here to give you hugs and sometimes help when life and ADHD collide. Hello, Ron. Happy 2024. Oh, shit, it's 2024. Do you know 24 is my favorite number? Really? Yeah, I'm real stoked. I'm real stoked. It's it's. What is it about 2024? Um, I mean, 24. Just 20. Sorry. Yeah, 20 is fine. 20 was my baseball yeah. number in in high school, but 24. So I was like many people who have favorite numbers. It's the day of the month that I was born in October. So I like uh-huh. 24. Um, I grew up loving Ken Griffey Jr. and his number was 24. And I also... Baseball player? Yeah, yeah, baseball player. This is a really interesting question because I've heard people talk about this before. But, like, do you have favors? Like, do certain numbers do something to you where it's, like, that one feels nice and that one doesn't? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, like, 24 feels just like a very nice number to me. That's why I like it. Like like a, a benevolent... Yeah kind of number like he yeah he's comfy he's not gonna hurt anyone not edgy yeah it's not it and there's a lot of numbers that can go into 24 so many it feels like it feels like almost all of yeah so i my weird thing with numbers that i've had from a very young age is that i like numbers that are divisible by three this is super weird and nerdy like i always when i hear someone's phone number i'm like is that divisible by three if i see a number plate so your birthday, uh-huh. 24, and mine, 27. Perfect. We're good. We're schmick. Love it. Yeah. Super schmick. Yeah. A friend of mine did this a long time ago where they felt, and, and I'm not one to think that the like universe is sending me cues, but when I see my birthday on like a clock and it's like 1024, there's just like that moment where I'm like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. You know, it's like everything's cool. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to be right now. I don't know. And it's probably bullshit, what? but at least it makes me feel good. And that alone is worth it. But it's all bullshit. Like all of that stuff is bullshit, mm-hmm. but it's also not bullshit because if it has a positive effect. Totally. Right. If it works, it works. Yeah. Numbers. I think numbers and dates are so influential to us. Example. What happened two weeks ago? Oh, yeah. We started a new fucking year. We're all like new year, new me. It's it's time yeah. to get shit going. Do you do New Year's resolutions? I do not. I used to because I thought I was supposed to. Mm. Given it's a new year and people are popping goals on their to-do list right now, sometimes the things, the goals that we're noticing ourselves not hitting year after year, they're the ones that maybe only matter to to us, right? They're the things that I've really, you know, this is something I want to change in my life. This is something that's not working for me anymore. I want to shift it. But year after year, we don't achieve them, right? And inevitably, when it comes down to like the day-to-day actions it takes to create that change, our, our days get filled with responding to all the needs and the requests and demands of external influences, of other people, of other commitments. How can we get out of this 
external focus of ADHD. And, and why does it happen? You know, why are we so focused on the external mm. rather than what we actually want, what's actually precious to us? What's really interesting is my first thought when you said that was, these things are important to me, aren't they? And then I'm like, it's less that the things are important to me, but it's the the pressure or the the outcome is something I think is going to get me what I ultimately want, right? Like if I'm someone that is ashamed of the way I look or ashamed of... A lot of times people will start going to the gym or start eating healthier because they think it's directly tied to the way people treat them. It's rarely that they want to feel better about themselves or at least be healthier. It may be they want to feel better about themselves, but it's because they're disappointed in the way they look, right? And so really what they want is self-confidence, Maybe really what they want Mm -hmm. is to be loved. Maybe they're not feeling loved in their life and that's how they think they're supposed to get it because that's the thing society sells us on, right? And it's not that those things can't help. It's not that you shouldn't try to better your physical health, right? It's not that you shouldn't try to eat healthier. It's not any, we're not saying that, but- it's really understand what it is you want. Maybe it's not even that you want what other people want, but it's you don't know exactly what it is you're looking for. And so maybe your New Year's resolution should be to explore what it is that you really want. Yeah. Oof, tough. <sighs> what I hear you saying there is that the kind of resolutions that people pick, so I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to work out. They're more tactics that they believe are going to get them to the real goal, which might be unconscious for them. That's what it seems like, at least on my end, what I've seen whenever I've thought about doing something, right? Or I've seen other people start, I mean, you know the thing, the gyms are packed the first like week of the year. But then at the same time... Yeah they're back to unpacked by week two. Are you going, I'm going to start working out more. What does that look like, right? Or I'm gonna get to this goal that I have in six months. And if you haven't done it year after year, then there's probably something else in your way that you aren't aware of, right? And even if you find a way to push through these barriers, like the best way to describe it is if you aren't actually uncovering the shit that's stopping you, whether it be insecurities or your, you know, inability to give yourself time to do this stuff or or whatever it is, you are, if you push through it, you're going to be carrying that weight of, the barrier or whatever stopping with you Mm -hmm. like pushing through it doesn't mean it gets left behind pushing through it it attaches to you and so it's no wonder a week later you're like fuck this shit i'm done yeah absolutely because you don't you're not getting that feedback to say Mm. yes you can do this 
is this action that I just took, is this a step in the right direction, right? And we know that that's part of how we generate dopamine and motivate ourselves towards further actions. It's getting that feedback. Right? How can and that, what does that look like? Give me an example. So, yeah. Sorry if I'm being too esoteric. Don't it's apologize. That... Not on this show. Liz. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> I forgot to tell you context. <laughs> so, let's start there. She said it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let me, let me tell you how this is showing up for me in my life, my whole life. I tend to get derailed by responding to external influences. So that might be there's a request that comes in from someone, from mostly from other people and people I really care about, and I will drop everything and even if I've had an intention that day to do a certain piece of work or move something forward that I care about, I will jump to that other person's mm. request over mine. And I think that I, for ages, I, I think I kind of edified that trait as I'm a good person because I will drop everything for anyone. But if I'm honest with myself, I think that it's become an avoidant strategy for me to pull me away from the really hard work that, you know, it's like this external focus creates this dopamine hit that internal focus can't always sustain. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so this this kind of reminds me of when, or at least how, I, I guess, ways that I've improved and this makes me feel really great about how lucky I am that I've improved this way. But I've... Not lucky, hard work. <laughs> well, I didn't know this is why it was happening. I mean, I get why, like, I, well, at least for this reason, because this makes so much sense to me, right? Um, I still, at the drop of a hat, will do something for someone because I really enjoy it. But mm -hmm. holy shit, when you said it's also avoiding... The fact that like I am not getting that feedback loop when I do it myself. I'm starting to because I've worked really hard on some things that I used to think were so cheesy, but that is like thanking myself and being proud of myself and uh -huh. like really enjoying when I show up for myself and making a conscious awareness choice of it. So like, Cho like choosing to be aware that like, hey, yeah. we went to the climbing gym today, right? And afterwards, just taking a second and be like, I'm really proud of you for doing that. Like just having that moment with myself of like, good job. Because mm -hmm. that feels good. Even though it does feel better when it comes from someone else, it still feels good when it comes from uh -huh. yourself. And the more you practice it, the less awkward and weird it is. And the more good it feels. And so I found I'm less likely to bail on myself now. Mm -hmm. But I'm still yeah. someone that will overexert and overdo because I love to be there for people. 
but yeah. that is an ADHD yeah. thing because I think of what you're saying. That's that to hear we're a good person is the fucking best, right? When someone is just like, you're the best, like it's, that's it. Thank you. I'm done. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So, so you're something that's working for you is consciously building those feedback loops into your process, um, right? Does, does that sound yes. right for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. me telling myself, hey, I'm proud of you for showing up for us mm-hmm. is creating feedback loops, which motivates me. Mm-hmm. It obviously does, right? Like why is it, you know, and then so many ADHDers say, why is it that I will do anything for anyone else, but I, I can never show up for myself? And yeah. it it really has to do with the fact that we get this external positive feedback loop when we do things for other people and we don't get anything yeah. from ourselves. Yeah. So internal yeah. validation is just not in our repertoire. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. But what, what are some of the things that you would do to create those feedback loops for yourself? So I, I mean, I've did a lot. I've did, I've, I've done a lot of doing, doing, but I've done a lot of uh, self-reflection and really self-coaching to find out why I do things. And I really like praise, like fucking praise kink over here, right? Like tell me I did a good job (laughs) and it's like, that's it. That's all I care about. I, I did a video once about, the, the five love languages, which side note, they're bullshit and created by a racist. So we shouldn't use them. But for the purpose of this story. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm just grading. I will, on Google, everyone's I will Google later. <laughs> no, it's not backed by science and it's not true. And like a lot of people love them because, you know, it's really helps you open up the conversation for things that you need. But those things change all the time. And they've found that they're just not backed by science. Anyway, moving on. I did a video on the five love languages and talked about, like, just curious, like, what everyone relates to with the five love languages. And I said, words of affirmation. And so many ADHDers were like, oh, my God, me too. And I was like, what's so interesting is that we're constantly trying to get this from everyone else. And we need to remember to love language ourselves. And that was when I, like, I started to try to do that. Like, okay, I fucking love words of affirmation. Then I'm going to give myself words of affirmation, right? I'm going to learn to love myself better. And that's how I want to be loved. So I'm going to, like, think of it that way, right? How do you want to be loved? And are you doing that for yourself? So if you're someone that wants gifts, then start buying yourself shit. Like, give yourself some gifts, right? Like, give yourself the thing you want. And so for me, I was like, when, and it was really talking through, like, working on the relationship I have with my wife, I was like, well, what are some things I want from her? Because I never wanted anything, right? It was always, how can I be a good husband? And that actually was bad because I wanted things. I just didn't know what they were. So I like sat down. I realized I was like, you know what? I want to be told I'm doing a good job. 
I really love when I'm given praise, like genuine, not just like, oh, good job, Ron, you did it, right? (laughs) But like genuine praise. (laughs) Good job, Ron. And so I started to realize like, well, shit, I never do that for myself. So I was like, I'm going to start doing that. And I did, and it worked. And it was weird at first, but it was fun too. It's not as good by any means, right? Like if we were to put a number value on it, it's probably worth like two points of motivation compared to like if someone else was to give it to me, it's like five points of motivation. But it do it enough and it counts. It works. And I wonder as well, is that so much about praise or is it actually clocking putting a full stop after that action and noticing I did something I'm proud of, right? Is it, it could be. that by giving yourself that positive affirmation, you're noticing I did something that I wanted to do and it was hard and feedback loop. I mean, also okay. from a scientific standpoint, that's just like the dopamine that we need to motivate ourselves. And yeah. We have the ability, like, someone told me this the other day, and I think it's fucking brilliant. I don't know if I heard this. Actually, yeah, I don't know if someone told me. I heard this. So many times, this is happening, this is a sidebar, where you're like, I heard something, or saw it, or read it. I'm not taking credit for this, but... Mm-hmm. Watch me take credit for it. But I'm going <laughs> to fucking take credit for it right now. You guys, I, I came up with this all on my own. But you're... I forgot what I was going to say now because we sidebarred. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, man. This is the best part about this podcast. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I'm going to, and and this will make sense Mm -hmm. after I finish what I'm saying. Okay. I listened to this podcast. You know that movie, Still Alice? No. It's about a woman with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know the movie, but I know Alzheimer's. (laughs) Yeah. You know Alzheimer's. So... The book was written by this amazing neuroscientist who had an interest in Alzheimer's and dementia more generally. And so, of course, you know, she's a neuroscientist and she's like, oh, how am I going to explore this interest? How about I write a best-selling novel? Like that's an obvious thing to do. She's amazing. (laughs) Any of my friends who are listening to this are going to be like, yeah, you've said that 10,000 fucking times because I'm just obsessed with it. She was talking about what's a normal kind of memory loss. You can't remember names of things or the street or the name of the film or the name of an actor or like the name of your best friend sometimes, whatever it is. She said that in your brain, if you think of your brain being full of streets and some of those are highways and some of them are like dead ends, they're cul-de-sacs, pronouns, so the names of things, they live in cul-de-sacs, right? So you're not going to grab a hold of that thought by continuing to drive down that cul-de-sac. Like you've got to reverse out so that you can drive into a new cul-de-sac. Whoa. Have I lost you? No, no. The opposite. I'm excited. Keep going. (laughs) Isn't that cool? So when we forget something and we're like, fuck, what was I going to say? And then you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and you're getting more and more frustrated. Yeah. Actually, and then, you know, you move on to something else and then it comes back to you later. Yeah. That's, you need to I back have to out back of the cul-de-sac. Okay, man. really what it is is like yeah. retracing your steps, right? So we were talking about 
love languages, love languaging yourself, Mm -hmm. giving yourself praise, it being worth less as when it's internal validation. Great listening. (laughs) I don't know, man. No, you're in the cul-de-sac, Ron. Okay, I'll back up again. It's because I did that sidebar. I even knew I was doing it. And I'm like, this is only going to take two seconds. And then it took like 10 seconds. And then I was lost. This is why when we say, like, let me put a pin in that, we actually need like a cork board with a piece of paper and literally put a pin in it. While you're finding that, while you're finding your map and backing out of your cul-de-sac and all that and drink driving... Drink drink. <laughs> about, you know, we're talking about this in a very anecdotal way, but I just want to connect it to the executive function deficits that we have. Yeah. Please. So why are people with ADHD likely to be externally focused? This is driving Rod crazy. You can't handle it. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, I'm listening to you, but I'll like, I'm like, all right, I'm mm-hmm. going to be involved in this conversation, but I've you can't got to let figure it go. out what this you can't. is. Yeah, I know. No. Okay. It's okay. It's I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna get there. It's fine. Executive functions. Okay. So first one, and I think this is really important when we're thinking about the kind of goals that only matter to us. So a project that you want to move forward, like I want to write that book, or I've got some health and fitness goal. You know, it doesn't really matter to anyone else if you do it or not. It's just for you. One of the reasons that it's so hard to make that happen is because the we we put the reward on the outcome that is so far away, right? So as people with ADHD, we have a much shorter t- time horizon. Like time awareness is an executive function and, and we're really impacted by that. So to things like writing a book or a big fitness goal, they you get the reward in six months, 12 months time, right? But it's based on the small actions that you take every day. So how do you motivate yourself to take those small actions every day when the reward is so far away? Like you can't see it because we don't have that kind of time horizon and then we don't have the self-regulation to to stay on track without having the rewards tangible. So how do we bring the rewards closer? Does that make sense? Were you asking me or are you just saying like, was that rhetorical? Because I was like, Mm -hmm. I have an idea that like I try to use. Um, I, uh, I, I try to first off convince myself that well, I'm, let me start with this. I also want to change the results to something that is more of a guarantee. Mm. I think often our goals are out of our control sometimes, right? There's this belief, especially in our world, that hard work plus time equals success. And it tends to be true if you're someone that continues and like like that's just not the it's not just a plus b equals c right it's a plus b and then in parentheses there's like a d minus e f squared oh we got to slash that off because that didn't work and go back to the and it's this giant equation and then you get the success yeah maybe right 
But so often we fall off and we don't end up getting mm-hmm. to that end because it isn't as simple as A plus B equals C. And so my thing is, what is something that's a guarantee? If my goal was I want to get an A on this test, mm-hmm. right? I have to look at what are the things that are going to increase my chances of getting an A on the test, right? What are some things that I, th- I think... Not, not even what I'm told, right? But what I think are going to help me. And it might be, I've got to figure out how to study more. Okay, what does that look like, right? And is the way I'm studying effective? Is there some way I can make it more fun? Like, what is what is something I can do? And then, like, is it a tangible goal? Or am I putting myself into this position that is just not sustainable, Right. Like if I'm someone that doesn't study and I'm in high school and I'm like, okay, to get an A in this test, I have to study two hours a night for the next three weeks. There's a really good chance that if you don't study, that you are not going to all of a sudden be studying that much. Right. And sometimes the thing that we change it to feels like way too small, but to just be like, you know what, I'm going to start by I'm going to sit down tomorrow and I'm going to study for 30 minutes. And then, fuck, that didn't work. Okay, I'm going to sit down and study for five minutes and see if I can get started. And the goals end up being that instead. So instead of the goal being getting an A on the test, the goal is I'm going to study tomorrow for five minutes or I'm going to study tonight for five minutes. And that is a very tangible goal. And to see that I could do that, it's hard to be proud of ourselves for that, though. We have to then figure out how to hack the dopamine center of our brain. Oh, my God. I fucking remembered what it was. It worked. Dude. Okay. Hacking the dopamine center of your brain. Someone said, I think this is a comedian that said, now I totally remember where I got it from, too. Wow, this is amazing. I'm pretty sure it was a comedian and I can't think of his name, but I can see his face. But he said he was talking about depression and anxiety and he was just like, it's so fucked up. Your brain's an asshole. It has all of the feel good chemicals in there. You don't put them in. They're in there and it decides when to release them. So it is keeping the feel good chemicals from you. And that to me like hit home so much of like, oh my God, fuck you brain. (laughs) Like I was mad at my brain for a minute, right? Like the feel good chemicals are in my brain and it just decides to not give Mm -hmm. them to me. And then I was like, okay, so then hacking your brain when people talk about like, oh, I've got to figure out how to work with my brain. It's like we got an instruction and you've heard this before. We got the wrong instruction manual or we didn't get the instruction manual to our brains. You have to start, it's almost like you got this giant machine and you got to figure out how it works. But the first step is figuring out how to release the gas, figuring out how to get the dopamine out, how to get the feel good Mm -hmm. chemicals without cocaine to like come out of it once in a while. Right. With cocaine. They're all in there already. But yeah, cocaine's like the, 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 I've, I've actually never done cocaine. Different story, different well, time. Okay, the reason anyway. I'm saying cocaine is that's an extreme example because that is the drug more than any other drug that floods your brain with dopamine. 
right? So when that's when people can't figure out how to release those feel-good chemicals and they're all trapped in there. It's reasons why they get yeah, addicted like to drugs. That's yeah, that's an easy sure. way to get them out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and so, but that's when I started, that ended up being the goal, right? And so really when we talk about motivation, like the goal needs to be like, how do I make it so that my brain wants to do things? Instead of how do I make my brain, how do I make myself do stuff? How do I make it so I want to do things? Well, when I'm feeling proud and I'm feeling, you know, accomplished and I'm like in that space of like just confident and like I can do anything, I feel motivated. And you know what? I'll study for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, watch this and I'll do more and it'll feel so good. And I'll be like, oh, but if I would have just forced myself to do it, I wouldn't have felt good. So it isn't just the act mm-hmm. of doing the thing. It's really consciously understanding that I'm like, I need to open whatever these floodgates are that have yeah. the dopamine. And so what works for me doesn't work for you, doesn't work for others. Though accomplishment and being proud of yourself tends to. you got to figure out how to be proud yeah. of yourself. And that's hard too. So so it's like in hacking those feel-good chemicals, right, you're not saying that um, you've got to wait to feel good, right, that there's at some mm-hmm. point there is you've got to take a little pickaxe boulder that houses all the feel-good chemicals, mm-hmm. right, and you've got to take some small action that just like makes it crack in there to leak it, leak it out. There's going to be some like discomfort small first sure. action like doing the 15 minutes, right? But by articulating it, that the thing you want to do, flagging that you've done it, that gets the ball rolling, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was just picturing someone listening to this podcast and them not thinking about themselves, but someone else. So maybe they have a spouse or they have a child that is struggling with these things. And so they're like, okay, I know what to do now. I need to get that. And right off the bat saying, I need to get them or I need to is, is going to shut down that gold mine of dopamine. Because if anybody was trying to get me to do this and I wasn't the one initiating it, it's like the dopamine centers Mm -hmm. get shut down. Yeah. Because it's no longer for me. Even if you're thinking that someone else is struggling to do this, the best way to help them is to model Mm -hmm. this. Do it yourself and not have it be focused on anyone. It still has to be for you. So even if you're someone that's like, you know what? I have no trouble motivating myself, which I don't know why you're listening (laughs) to this podcast. No, I have no trouble motivating myself. There's got to be some things or... Maybe you're not someone that, you know, verbalizes your pride in yourself or, you know, your self-talk if it's positive. But now if you're able to model that and start being like, I'm really proud of myself for doing this today. And that's it. You don't go, I'm not really proud of myself for doing this today. Are you proud of yourself for doing it? No, but it's just like just going about your life and and bettering yourself 
that kind of shit rubs I, off. On I me. think, so, but also yeah. be explicit about it in a way that's going to feel fucking awkward. Like maybe like mm. parents all the time is that we have to, mm. like the most basic executive function is is self-directed talk, right? It's that voice in our head that's telling us that we're planning robot that's like, no, do this now. Oh, that's got my attention. I'm going to put that aside. How long is it going to take me to get there? There's there's a self-directed dialogue happening in monologue, I guess, happening in your brain. Well, let's say dialogue because it is a conversation mm. with feedback. I'm yeah. talking to myself all so, the time. That's fine. So externalizing that is really powerful for kids. That's a really powerful way to model the kind of self-talk that you want them to have, right? So saying, oh, gosh, I've been really wanting to, I know I need to, I can't think of it, I know I need to clean my car out. I really am noticing myself not wanting to do it. I might just start with a small action to get the ball rolling. And and your kid's like, what? Mum's properly lost it. She's just talking to herself now. But I'm going <laughs> to get a plastic bag and I'm going to pull out all the rubbish in my car and put bag. And that's going to be my first action towards cleaning my car out and then do it and celebrate, right? It's, it, you have to be quite explicit when you're modeling these things and actually hmm. say it out loud. I know it's, Go through. can I, can I even double down more? No, I, first off, I think the first step and, and this is why I think so many people avoid self-improvement but the first step of self-improvement is getting over things being mm -hmm. cheesy or cringy or awkward because it is very awkward. It is cringe. It is. But I find that the more comfortable you become with cheesy, the like the better off you are, like the, the more effective this stuff can Cheese be. It up. Like I was going to, I was going to add to your thing, right? Like, how about not even that, but just be like, I'm really struggling to do this. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn on the car and I'm going to blast mm -hmm. the music and I'm going to start dancing around the car until I feel yeah. like cleaning. Like, I'm just going to like be really weird and embarrassed. Michael Bolton, full tilt. And just be funny, but like lean into mm -hmm. the awkwardness and mm -hmm. the silliness because, yeah, I think when we're able to laugh at it and we're able to laugh at ourselves yeah. about it, it, it makes the whole thing easier. I'm pretty sure I heard one time someone give a talk about, about laughter and, <gasps> and humor in, in yeah. parenting. And yeah, and <laughs> well, I, she, that was I heard you, she's Liz. really great <laughs> and she's got really great legs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and there is actually research around this and it works in leadership positions and, and I think parenting is a leadership role that mm -hmm. when we can make light of our struggles, and, and that doesn't mean to say, oh, don't be bothered by that, don't take it seriously, but, but make, right, make the right. tackling of those struggles a little bit lighter, like, like you just explained, it takes the temperature down of how big the struggle is, right? And it shows that, look at me, this big grown-up person, I struggle with this too and it's okay and, and I'm making a mess of it. That's really powerful for kids. Yeah. 
It is. It's really powerful for adults too. We just, some of us don't want to admit <sighs> it, but it's real powerful yeah. for me. I think we all take ourselves a bit too seriously, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, I think uh, we need more play therapy yes. for adults. I just wanted to say one more thing about why it's so much easier to respond to other people's goals and to act on theirs than to ours. Mm, yeah. If you think sure. about it, when somebody asks you to do something, there's a very clear directive. Like it is an action with a verb and a very clear indication of when that might be finished, right? It's like, hey, Ron, can you um, build my web or me? I don't know. Oh, so, Ron, can you take the garbage out? And you're, you're in the middle of, of what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? We don't give ourselves those clear directives towards our own goals, right? Mm-hmm. We don't break, and unless we're really conscious about it, we don't break those down into really simple, obvious steps that we can go, tick, that's done, that's done. But when we're responding to the demands of others, they've already done that for us, right? So it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. So we can hack that and use it on wow. ourselves. Yeah. You feel me, full? There's, I do, I feel you. Yeah, that it's it's so interesting how we don't realize that executive function is, has so many yeah. steps to it. So whenever we are struggling to do a task, it's more than just the task. There's deciding when to do it. There's deciding how to do it. There's, you know maybe looking at different ways it might respond and we may have to change the way we're doing it. And all of that also just deciding we're supposed to do it is all decisions that are happening before we do anything. And by that time we're fucking exhausted because we just made all these, these decisions. Like I think about how exhausting when Gwen and I are both trying to figure out what to have for dinner. Oh my God. And by the time we do, and we're like, oh, you know what we're going to do tonight? We're going to have dinner and then we're going to like, I don't know, clean up and then we're going to watch a movie and then maybe we'll go down to the bar down the street and have a drink, right? And then, oh, we're going to pick a movie and we can't decide on what to, that we just get to the point where we're like, I don't want to do anything now. I'm exhausted. And, and at I'm the done. end of all that, nobody's horny. nobody's horny right (laughs) we're just tired and like on our phones anyway i might have an itch to scratch yeah yeah. back to sex yeah well so this is mm, quite long for an adhd let's wrap it let's wrap it like a bow okay let's wrap it like a bow so headlines Um, headlines are fall in love with the process for sure yeah find a way to like really enjoy what's happening detaching Mm -hmm. from the result and then figuring out how to give yourself some internal totally. validation, I think is really important. What's what's really interesting is I don't think we got to what I something that I've been trying to do is have like a kind of idea for mm-hmm. 2024. So like for the new year, just something to kind of like, this is how I want to consciously mm-hmm. do my year. And for last year it was permission and so it was like giving myself permission to do things and this year was kind of like being able to stop and Mm -hmm. be present 
sometimes my brain can go too fast and just be able to stop, smell the roses kind of thing, right? Take a look around. But I want to add to that because of our talk just now. I also want to have fun. I want to take things less seriously. I want to treat things as an adventure. All of them. Even the dumb, bullshit, mundane stuff. Right? Make it an adventure and see what happens. And if it doesn't feel like an adventure, just get some theme music going in the background and it'll at least feel a little yeah. bit like one. How can we be lovers if we can't be friends? Yeah. Exactly. That's that's the rest <laughs> of the night for me. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to start playing that the second Beautiful. we get Beautiful. Yeah. Mine, mine for this um, year is awesome. guilt-free to mm. not be so focused on not feeling guilty as my motivator how are how are you planning on doing that lots of coaching yeah yeah (laughs) anyway gotta go love you guys okay run (laughs) tell them what to do yo so uh, you guys should listen to this episode over and over and over again um download it like it share it with your friends uh visit us on instagram at i forgot pod you can go to our website at iforgottotellyou.com. And I learned that we get better analytics when people download our episodes. So, man, if you want to be a real good bloke. Bloke? Is that, or is that a good? A good bloke or a good it? Sheila? I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Liz. Yeah. No, Listen, no, I'm learning. Good, I like okay. <laughs> if you just want to be a good friend of the show, go ahead and download our, our episodes and. Yeah, you can undownload them later. I don't give a shit. But we love you all for supporting us. And yeah, we'll we'll see, see you soon. See you next week. <laughs>